Hi, I'm Lucas, and this is the Quacks Podcast. I'm feeling very relaxed yeah? today. Yep, I've been working a lot. So naturally relaxed or... Like tired, relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is relaxed still. You seem very serene, but not like agitated serene. You seem calm and at peace. Yeah, I'm chill. I am chill. And my insurance company just called me and like did an interview and I talked to this lady and was like, hey, how's it going? And she was very official, but I was chill. It was fun. What was she taught? Why did the insurance company call you? So they, they interview me like maybe a few times a year and I don't get it, but they'll, they'll be like, well... It says in our records here that you have diabetes. I'm like, yep. They're like, well, can we ask you some questions about it? And then they just like asked me about, you know, the drugs I'm taking. How do you feel about sugar? Right. And I go and I answer their questions. They're like, all right, well, we're just we're gonna send you some information and and we're just getting our system ready and and we're getting you right in our system and we're gonna send you some uh, things you can learn. And I'm like, all right, thanks. And then they'll call me like four months later. It says in our system you have diabetes. And then the whole thing will, will happen My next again. question would be like, what system is this that continually is not telling you what I've already told you? Right. I don't know. That's a flawed system. I know. But I'm used to it. So I get to talk to Cindy and Cindy, you know, That's takes great. my info. That's cool. And it's kind of flies in the face of all my other dealings with insurance companies that have just been delightful. <laughs> <laughs> If you work for an insurance company, please turn off the podcast right now. <laughs> That's right. So anything new, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. We just isolated an entire population. I, I, uh, they don't matter. They matter a little. A little. Okay. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm doing well, man. It's the summer is winding down. I have a kid who's about to start her junior year of high school. And that's kind of exciting and scary at the same time. And she's learning how to drive. And we've been going through that whole process. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's the first time that I really realized as a parent, like, oh, she's going to be, she's going to be moving on here pretty soon. And and it's kind of an unsettling feeling. I thought she'd be around hanging out with me forever, being my wingman. But, uh She's got her own adventures to attend to, and I'm grappling with that, but it's great. I'm good. good. Makes me serene as well. Yeah, I read a, an article, or, or maybe a friend of mine told me about an article that said that the time you spend with your kids, 90% of it is before they turn 18. Really? Really. Oh, I, I know it's two sad. years. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try. I've already told her, I go, just, I got to know where the college is with plenty of, at least a year advance. So, uh, I can be there. <laughs> and she's like, oh, great. What do you mean, be there? I mean, like, be in the same town that she's going into college. So if she needs You're going to move? It's not without... Uh, I've thought about it. I know that sounds crazy, but um, if she's not going to go to school in, in the city like or in, in the town that I'm in, I, I'd still like to continue... And it's an easy fix for me. I can do what I do anywhere. <laughs> it's kind of a no-brainer. I just go pick someplace nice. All right. Yeah, so that's yeah. a possibility. Cool, man. Right on. Right on. Right on. All right. So today we're going to do a podcast on a comprehensive 
model of heart disease. And it's new. Okay. I like new. Yeah. So last week we had talked about stents and some other not so useful surgeries. Mm -hmm. And so it got me thinking that we should cover heart disease. You know, despite a lot of advancements in surgery and drugs, heart disease, it's kind of still the number one killer in America. Great. I also think the options offered for heart disease are usually not great uh, because the theory surrounding heart disease is actually rather poor. Uh, I'm sure there are many who would kind of take umbrage with that, but I have this basic belief that if you understand the truth of something and the problem is solvable, then the solution should be like absolute, Mm -hmm. right? So to give you an example, there were all kinds of theories around tuberculosis, right? Or consumption, as it was called back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, they had various treatments with varying levels of success, but once the correct theory about TB and its, you know, bacterial origin, origin was discovered, the solution was simple. It was just antibiotics. And now... TB, you know, it's a non-issue for right. all intents and purposes. Uh, that problem is solved, assuming you know some antibiotic-resistant TB doesn't decimate the planet. Right. But yeah, but it's it's solved now. I think we can get to the same phase with heart disease. You know, we have different therapies with varying rates of success. Some people do the diet and exercise thing after a heart attack, and combined with some drugs, you know, they never have a problem again. For other people, it's like no matter what they do, their heart is always failing. But you know, if we can put forward a new theory that explains the observed phenomena and gets the root of heart disease, you know, perhaps it could be like TB yeah. eventually. You know, just a just a problem of the past. Being personally affected by some heart issues, I am I'm definitely looking forward to getting over that if that's a if it's in the near future. Do you mind saying what what your heart issues are or do you not want to share it? Well, it's not even, it's just, it's mechanical in nature. Um, oh, really? Extra beats, a lot of, uh, eight, I will intermittently, um, and it's tapered off considerably since I've made some modifications. Um, I actually haven't had an issue here for a little bit, but um, and part of that was just removing caffeine, at least hardcore okay. amounts of caffeine. Um, but it is associated with sleep too, but I, I'm electrical issues of my heart, essentially extra beats going into AFib, um, coming out of AFib. I mean, I'm, I'm talking just very briefly. Um, but also just pumping erratically, not necessarily with, um, tachycardia, which does sometimes happen, but just like the frequency and consistency and strength of the pumping mechanism. So I think it's a combined thing, but the the jury's still out because I haven't gone in to get additional testing. Have they ever given you a diagnosis, or I've been told that I have uh, an abnormal, like a slightly abnormal valve. I did go into AFib and and was in the emergency room, and they had the paddle standing by because they're gonna have to shock, shock you back into normal sinus if you don't uh, regulate yourself. Yeah, but. They just said electrical issues. They never talked about what was causing it. Is it environmental? Is it is a result of too many, you know, electrical, what are protons, electrons in the heart? I, I don't know. <laughs> they just said that that was that. And then I also have a valve issue. <clears throat> they also said that I have a valve issue, which has been likened to almost like it's a minor form of the, uh, what's it called when you have the the blowback of the blood going back. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what is that called? Whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what you're so talking sad about. that I that that's such a basic thing that a lot of people are faced with. But yeah, so it's it's a combination deal. In sh- okay. In long. So they never like looked at your arteries and were like, your arteries are clogged or anything like that. I never got a clogged. Um, I never. In fact, the last time I got in, got my arteries checked, uh, they were fine. Okay. So it's not about blockage. Wow. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if this will help you. I mean, that's kind of an atypical, like, you don't really have a what's wrong. Right. right. It's just like, oh, this is happening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which ha- seems to be pretty prevalent with a lot of ailments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah, true. I, let's get let's get into it because I think that it, it definitely it might benefit. Be. It me might. Too. Yeah, yeah. So this is is a theory about heart disease and I think it does give you the whole picture and it has a testable hypothesis that you can test out yourself. Uh, the PhD who came up with it is out of MIT and her name is Dr. Stephanie Seneff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's going to tell you herself that this is just a theory for now. It doesn't have proof. Um, but there's a lot of evidence and there's some testable conclusions you, okay. can, you can look at. But first, I want to go over some of the theories out there that are kind of thrown around about heart disease in the health food world, especially. Uh, so the big one is inflammation, right? And I hear this one all the time and it goes something like, well, the cholesterol building up in your arteries is actually there because of inflammation. So, you know, we're eating too much sugar and that is causing your arteries to get damaged and the cholesterol is there to patch over that damage. That's what it. your body puts there. Now I use sugar, but sometimes it's stress or infl- you know, inflammation from some other source or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the explanation basically goes along with the mainstream idea of heart disease. Uh, but instead of it being caused by cholesterol, you know, eating too much fat or you know, one of the other risk factors, it's caused by inflammation. So the theory is reasonable because you know, often those who have heart disease have inflammation. The two conditions are usually found together. And there's even a lot of studies showing that certain anti-inflammatories can lower the chance of heart attack. Yep. Uh, Merkula has an article that really explains this well. And I'll link to that in the show notes. It's, it's really good. It's a good uh, explanation. It has some great tips about magnesium, bringing down your chance of heart attack. So like I'm, not, I'm not knocking it. You know, There's some good stuff there. The problem with this theory is that inflammation, it's relatively easy to bring down. And if the theory is correct, then we should see a dramatic drop in heart disease when we use anti-inflammatories. Right. Right? That would make sense. But we don't. In fact, if we use some of the strongest anti-inflammatories out there, like corticosteroids, we sometimes see an increase in heart attack risk. Wow. Uh, the This comes from some research that uh, is in the early 2000s. They looked at over 60,000 people who were using corticosteroids. They found that those using high doses of corticosteroids have an increased risk of heart disease. And this wasn't causal, meaning you know there were other factors that could be accounting for this. But what we can at least say is that steroids didn't bring down the chance okay. of heart attack, like we might expect right. if, if it were an inflammation thing. So inflammation falls into that category where, you know, causation kind of might get mixed up with correlation. Okay. Right? Meaning we see it along with heart disease, but bringing it down does not necessarily have like the hard-hitting results that we would assume would occur uh, if we were addressing the root right. of the problem. A plus B should equal C. Right? Yeah. Uh, So the same situation arises with the cholesterol explanation. Like we mentioned a few uh, weeks ago when we talked about statins, 50% of the people who go to the hospital for a cardiovascular event have normal cholesterol. Uh, In fact, there was a study, I think it was 2016. It was a meta-analysis. It looked at 30 different cholesterol studies. They found that LDL, you know, the bad cholesterol, Mm -hmm. it was associated with heart disease 
Um, it was not associated with heart disease. And in fact, in almost half of the studies they looked at, lower levels of LDL were actually associated with an increased risk of dying from a cardiovascular <laughs> event. What? <laughs> I know. That's backwards. It's backwards. It's not supposed to do that. So again, you know, we kind of see the same pattern as we did with TB before the advent of antibiotics. With the cholesterol theory, you know, there's some level of success there, right? If you have a crazy genetic mutation where your body produces cholesterol in like the 800 range, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing that down lowers your chance of heart attack. So there's reason to suspect cholesterol is tied up in all this. And it does have some success, but it's not the real hard-hitting results that we would assume would occur if the root of the problem was identified. Okay. So with TB, you know, we saw basically all the sanitariums, they closed because there was simply no more people with TB left. Yeah. You know, we want we want the same success with cardiovascular disease if we can identify the root causes. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. You you're with me. You're I am a hundred percent. All right, cool. Well I wanna I wanna do a little rant on something. It's it's an aside. Okay. Okay. Um you're like, I don't like your shoes and I don't like them coming into my house. I was like, I thought it was going to be <laughs> related to the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, wow, man, why are you bringing up personal stuff? Wow, hates my shoes. Yeah. So it's, it's basically about getting the root cause of things. And I found this to be, for myself, like a really good life hack. Okay. And so when what I found is when you get to the true cause of something, flow state occurs. Have you heard of flow state? I've heard it, but I don't know what it is. Most people have experienced flow state. It's where you're kind of in the flow, you're in the moment, things are just happening as they should happen. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to think of how, you're not problem solving so much. You're just actively in it. You're just in it. And so, you know, whether it's creative work or problem solving or whatever, if you're dealing with the direct cause and effect of things, you just you just flow. Okay. Like your effectiveness, your ability to predict the future, it's at 100%. Really? Yes. If you're dealing with the true cause and effect that you have. If you run it, you, you don't run into walls, you don't um, face hardship, you don't struggle, things things just pan out as they should. Mm. All right? Does it kind of make sense? I love that place. If you can yeah. achieve it. So like part of my experimentation journey with solving my own health issues has been about coming up with theories saying, okay, if this theory is correct, then this substance or practice should resolve the problem. And... Like, so for example, when I was having these breathing problems in May and June, one of the theories was that it was bad allergies. So I took a bunch of allergy medications, Mm -hmm. right? Both natural and pharmaceutical. Well, my allergies went away, but the breathing problems didn't. So, I mean, that theory may have played a part, but it wasn't at the root of the problem. And so my goal with the podcast and in life is to find the root of problems. Okay. And not just in cardiovascular disease, but also autism, ADHD, diabetes, you know, you name name it, really. Completely. And I believe in my soul that all of these have a root cause that can be found. Now, maybe that root cause is complex and multi-layered, but, or you know. Or decades old, even. Or the, decades old, yeah. yeah. It's found in some um, old textbook, you know. Yeah, or just something that you've been dealing with, are you talking about personally, for decades, and the root of it is something that you, was from when you were a kid. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, Sherlock Holmes like going way back in time or something like that. Well, that too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a great story and I want to talk about it next week of a guy who was sick for 11 years and ended up curing himself eventually, but he had to invent a whole new surgery 
for himself and find a doctor who was willing to perform it on him and he cured himself and he did it himself he did it himself a over 11 years oh wow yeah of like reading books and trying to figure stuff out and i know it was, it's a, a really movie. cool it's a really cool story so yeah. we'll talk about it next time but yeah i i want to find the root and that's um really what motivates me to do these podcasts and read all these research now, like I said, maybe the root cause is complex and multi-layered, but if you can map it correctly, we should see 100% efficiency in dealing with the issue. Completely. And I won't really accept explanations that say, well, you know, it's just part of aging or, <laughs> you know, that's just something that happens. I mean, that's, that's just in your DNA. Oh, it just drives me up a wall. Or it's just all these explanations basically they make you feel better, but they obscure cause and effect and they take away like my power to resolve the changes totally or the challenges that life, you know, they make you feel powerless. Yeah. But comfortable, comfortable. Right. You know, if you just say, well, it's just part of, you know, what happens? Yeah. That's what it is. That's comfortable, but you, you take away your possibility of finding the root cause and and hopefully the, the solution completely. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that, that was my little rant. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, let's get back to this theory uh, about heart disease from Dr. Seneff. So she's actually not an MD. Uh, She has a PhD in electrical engineering and Mm. computer science from MIT, which is a little weird, right? Yeah. But I've actually found that engineers can sometimes come up with like really outside of the box theories, like the way they think they haven't been indoctrinated in like the MD school which puts their thinking in really tight little boxes. They yeah. they connect things that, that shouldn't be connected. So anyway, so since 2011, she has published something like two dozen research papers in health and medical journals. Uh, so she's pretty smart, you know, and well-read on this subject matter. I'll post a link of her website with all of her articles and interviews if you want to do further research. Fantastic. Yeah. So the basic theory is that heart disease is caused by a deficiency in cholesterol sulfate. Now, cholesterol sulfate is different than just plain cholesterol. The sulfate means it's been sulfated, obviously, but it has different chemical properties than plain old cholesterol does. Mm -hmm. So why cholesterol sulfate? So unlike regular cholesterol, cholesterol sulfate is water-soluble. So it, it travels very freely in the blood, and it doesn't have to be bound up inside an LDL particle to get around now both cholesterol and sulfate they both perform many different regulatory actions in the heart and its surrounding uh, vessels okay basically so cholesterol is used in cell membranes Uh, sulfate is used to harness good blood flow and create conditions for nitric oxide production Uh, senef she gives a great explanation of what cholesterol and sulfate do in the heart it involves structured water and really a lot of complex topics that you can read more of if you're interested. Okay. Um, but show notes. Show notes. Yeah. But just, you know, we're going off the assumption that if you want to know about cholesterol sulfate and why your heart needs it, you can, you can go find that out. Okay. But the symptoms that surround heart disease are always under this theory that the body attempts to supply cholesterol and sulfate to the tissues. So I want to go through a few of those. Okay. Like, uh, inflammation, heart attack, homocysteine. We haven't mentioned that. Uh, the cholesterol that gets in the arteries. And there's actually bacteria that gets inside the cholesterol that gets in the arteries. Oh, boy. So we're going to talk about that, too. 
So first, let's uh, cover the cholesterol that's found to accumulate in the arteries, which is the plaque. You okay. know, everybody knows that one. And and modern theory would say, you know, you're eating too much cholesterol, or your liver is making too much, or whatever, and it's going into your arteries. The inflammation theory would say, you know, you have damage to your arteries and the plaque is there to cover that up. This theory would say that the cholesterol is being stored in your arteries and is there waiting to be combined when, with sulfate when it is supplied by your tissues. Okay. So it kind of changes the role of plaque from like bad guy to good guy. It's interesting. It is. And your body, it's trying to store needed nutrients around where those nutrients will be needed. Um, so if this is true, it's it's pretty damning for the statins and the lower your cholesterol uh, sure model, is. right? And there's actually a really interesting story that supports the heart uh, needing the cholesterol it stores in the arteries. And it comes from South America where there's a parasite where there's a parasite that causes a disease called Chaga's disease. Now, the interesting part is that Chaga's disease, the parasite produces a steroid that is remarkably similar to cholesterol sulfate. Mm. So are you following me? Yeah, I am. Okay. It's so similar that when the body creates antibodies to fight the steroid, they also end up fighting cholesterol sulfate. Oh, boy. Yeah, which is not good. Something like 86% of the people who have Chaga's end up getting these antibodies. Now, these people, they have a massively increased risk of heart disease decades after they get over this Chagas disease. And the interesting thing is they don't get any cholesterol in their arteries. None gets put there. <laughs> and so they have heart disease, but no plaque buildup. Wow. Yeah. So Senef's theory would say part of why they are more at risk of heart disease is because they don't have the protective plaque in their arteries. Oh my gosh. As a cholesterol source. So not enough Cholesterol. cholesterol exactly because yeah. you hear the word cholesterol and my mind just goes bad yep which is not the way that it should be not according to this theory right yeah so let's cover the bacteria so there's bacteria found in the artery plaques mm -hmm. and there are theories out there that heart disease is in fact caused by an ongoing infection because this bacteria is found there and so proponents of this theory um, they point to this bacteria and they say hey this is what's causing the problems, the inflammation, the plaque, all that stuff. Yeah. But the bacteria usually found in that plaque produce a type of sulfate, which is wow. really interesting. So in Senef's theory, the bacteria, it's performing a service by creating the sulfate. So it's almost too much of a good thing when you're having a heart, like it's a support mechanism that has, I mean, if you were to have a heart issue as a result of, too much of this stuff or whatever it's it's actually trying to repair you but it's causing an issue is that is that what's going on i'm, I'm correct kinda, yeah 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 that's kind of where we're getting to it's like your heart is having issues and so your body's putting things next to right. it right to try and help it totally but that doesn't take away from your heart having issues. having issues okay yeah yeah which according to this would say a lack of cholesterol sulfate right um but anyway about the bacteria if you take antibiotics to try and kill this bacteria, it doesn't really do anything for heart disease. So the proponents of that theory, that theory just doesn't stand on very stable ground. It's, okay. it's like back to the statins or back to the inflammation theory. Yeah. It's it's maybe something that is happening, you know, next to heart disease, but okay. it's not causing anything. And so last, lastly, I want to look at inflammation and homocysteine. Homocysteine, if you haven't heard of it, it's a marker, and it's usually found to be elevated in people who are at risk of heart disease. 
you can actually bring homocysteine down by taking certain B vitamins. However, bringing that level down is not actually connected with less heart attack risk. Mm. So in Seneff's theory, an inflammatory environment, it allows for the cascade of chemical reactions that basically oxidize sulfur containing molecules like homocysteine. So inflammation and homocysteine kind of go together, meaning the reason you have elevated inflammation and homocysteine present in your blood is so that an oxidizing reaction can occur, which will supply sulfur to your heart. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's another thing where people are trying to bring down inflammation, but the mixed results, obviously, if inflammation is there to, to make an environment where something can happen, so what are we supposed to do? We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and just one thing I want to mention, if you look at the heart attack itself, when, when you're having a heart attack, the heart muscle, it's one of the largest storages of an amino acid called taurine. And surprise, surprise, this is the only sulfonated amino acid. Uh, and basically huge amounts are stored in the heart, in the liver, and in the brain. Mm-hmm. And when a heart attack occurs, taurine is released from the heart in large amounts and through a chemical reaction supplies the heart with some sulfate oh wow which is pretty trippy or just chug a red bull (laughs) yeah there's taurine in there (laughs) caffeine might uh during a heart attack grab a red bull that's right yeah oh that's a great idea brian (laughs) we do not condone any red bull no 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 no. stay away from red bull (laughs) so anyway to sum everything up heart disease it's a deficiency of cholesterol sulfate Inflammation, homocysteine, and bacteria, they're found in the arteries, and they're there to facilitate chemical reactions that supply the heart with sulfate. The cholesterol found in the arteries is there to use as needed for the heart cells when sulfate is available. Okay. And I didn't mention it earlier, but high blood pressure facilitates getting more cholesterol sulfate to the heart, so high blood pressure could be another reaction that the body is trying to use to facilitate that. That's so interesting. All of these things that we see is problematic or really just trying to could be yeah maybe yeah, could maybe be. and what this means is that a lot of the symptoms of heart disease are are not maybe they're they're good guys <laughs> we don't know they're, they're all trying to provide nutrients oh wow yeah so this would actually expertly predict the failure of therapies that attempt to treat those symptoms as bad things and get rid of them right yes yes and that's kind of like what we have the therapies like statins anti-inflammatories antibiotics they don't address the root cause, and so they have inconsistent success. Oh, boy. So that's the theory. So let's say you want to test this, right? What do you do? So this is the payoff. You ready? I'm ready. So first off, get more sunlight. Okay. <laughs> no, really. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, when you get sunlight, your skin is able to stick sulfate and cholesterol together in a chemical reaction. Okay. Uh, and we do indeed see less heart disease in areas around the globe that have more sunlight. So you just got to plug sunlight I can't believe how many times people are like, watch the sun, but then again, go out and get some. You need it for this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not causal. That whole, you know, yeah. areas in the world get more, but it could be a factor. You it know? might be. It might be. So the next thing to do is to get a to get a high amount of sulfur in your diet, because sulfur is really the limiting factor in this. Your liver can produce a lot of cholesterol. Can you know as long as you're not taking something that inhibits cholesterol right. production, your liver can produce cholesterol. So sulfur is wow. really the limiting factor. So you want to get a lot of sulfur in your diet, and you can do this by eating cruciferous vegetables, veggies, you know, other high sulfur foods, matchsticks, garlic is high in sulfur. Uh, and it's obviously used for heart health quite a bit, Mm -hmm. uh, onions, eggs, all that. So that's good. But 
what about supplements, right? What can you supplement with? Well, there are certain high sulfur supplements like alpha lipoic acid and MSM, but there's one in particular that I think may beat all those out. Okay. And the guy who discovered this was Dr. Lester Morrison. And he was the chairman uh, of the Department of Atherosclerosis Research at Loma Linda University. And he treated people with heart disease from the 40s to the 70s with a lot of different substances. He was trying all kinds of things out. This was before statins were around. Okay. And he found one of the most effective ones was chondroitin sulfate. Wow. Yeah, so it's the same one that people usually take for joint health. Yeah. Exactly that one. Um, in one long-term study he did, he, which lasted six years, only 7% of the people receiving chondroitin sulfate died from cardiovascular disease compared to 23% in the control group. Weird. Yeah. So he used a dosage of six grams of chondroitin per day for nine months to a year, and then 1,600 milligrams per day as a maintenance dose after that. So it's a pretty hefty dose. That's a pretty big one. Yeah, if you were to take chondroitin in a joint complex, you might get a gram at the most. So six grams is quite a bit. And I even read accounts of people going as high as 10 grams. So if you try this, you're going to probably want to get a powdered version of chondroitin, and you're going to want to get it by itself. So trying to get this much chondroitin out of a joint complex with like glucosamine and turmeric and other, you're just going to get way too much of all the other ingredients. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. So you're going to want to get probably chondroitin by itself. And as far as like side effects, I didn't see many reported. One or two people said that they took too much sulfur. They had problems with insomnia. So I actually tried out a big dose of chondroitin sulfate in the afternoon. You did? Yeah, I did. And I did find myself having a harder time sleeping. Um, But if I took it in the morning, that didn't happen. Okay. So that's something to be aware of. And I, I was I was trying to look around for people who actually use this treatment, you know, modern day. Mm-hmm. And I read there was one mon- modern doctor who used chondroitin in her practice. Her name was Dr. Richards. So I'll link to her site if you want to read about it. And she said in the first three months, you would see like less plaque in the arteries. And by nine months to a year, most, if not all the plaque would be gone. What? Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. And in that time, many of her patients, they went from being uh, exhausted and out of breath at the smallest little exertion, you know, just going up a couple stairs mm-hmm. to being able to work out again, which is, That's you know, and like run, crazy stuff like that. Also, you know, all the feeling of fullness and pressure in the chest comes with clogged arteries went away. Uh, she found... Also, this was interesting, actually. She found that combining the therapy with iodine seemed to accelerate the results. But she didn't actually have a dosage of iodine that she was using, so I, so I wasn't able to find that. But that's bizarre. I wonder how she added that to the mix. I don't know. I have no idea. Glad but she that did. was something in there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's the theory. And you can try chondroitin sulfate and see whether it works or not to test the theory. And let us know. You can even uh, shoot email us in. Yeah. Yeah. If I was doing this, I would also add in garlic. I'd probably add in taurine. Uh, I'd probably add in CoQ10 for good measure. And also Epsom salt baths are magnesium sulfate. So taking an Epsom salt bath would be a great way to get some some sulfate. And magnesium is really good for the heart too. So anyway, does all that make sense? Yeah, it does. It it follows logically. Was anything unclear? No. I think you pretty much made sense of it all in a way that my feeble mind was able to understand (laughs) you're funny (laughs) 
But no, cool, that's man. a lot. That's great stuff, man. It's, it's a really interesting theory, and it's one proposed uh, solution. There's other ones, like, you know, we didn't really get into Linus Pauling and his uh, vitamin C and lysine cure, but that's another one that I know has cleared out some arteries for people. So, I mean, there's other stuff out there, but I, I thought this was the most interesting because of how comprehensive it was. And I probably read about this for five hours. Wow. I, I mean, just the amount of complexity and, and attaching all these... I mean, complexity in a simple way, you know, it wasn't like a stretch, you know, sometimes complexity can be like, well, this is connected to this, connect to this, connect to this. And and you're like, That's a bridge I don't too know. Far. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a bridge too far. But this was actually really simple. But the mechanics of it, you know, the the amount of evidence that she brought to explaining, you know, how the different chemical reactions work. I mean, that was really really interesting so yeah. if you're if you're interested in that kind of stuff you can definitely go check her out yeah especially if you're dealing with or you have loved ones that are dealing with heart issues too it's definitely a something to consider when you're getting all this other information thrown at you yeah the one thing i didn't really find is like say you have stents already say you have clogged arteries like what do you do if your body gets rid of all the plaque in your arteries like what happens to the stent yeah what does the stent do does it just like unbind from where it's stuck and it just floats out. and float <laughs> through your bloodstream you know where it forever wants. i don't until know until it plugs something up until it plugs something up yeah i don't know yeah that's a good question i have no idea i don't even know the stent removal procedure so they just put a big magnet on your chest <laughs> just move it down <laughs> they give you an mri to your you urethra <laughs> <laughs> great something else to think about i'm not getting a stent so good good Plenty of options out there. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, no problem, man. It's fun to fun to find this stuff out. So thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Um, I have a favor to ask. You know, if you find this information helps you, uh, share it with somebody. Or if you know somebody who could use this information, share it. Pass you know, we it on. Need, yeah, we need help getting the, the podcast out there and promoting it. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the favor I ask. Show it to a friend. It doesn't have to be a friend. Show to an enemy. That's right. Maybe they'll become a friend. (laughs) All right. The power of podcasts. The power of podcasts. Anything more? No, that's great, brother. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Be well.